Hello, this is Natalie Wright, Product Manager at Breckenridge, and welcome to the Breckenridge Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Adam Stern, Director of Municipal Research here at Breckenridge. We are going to discuss the recent ruling to Chicago's pension system. So Adam, the Illinois Supreme Court recently made a ruling about Chicago's 2014 pension reform law. Can you give us some details on that decision and why it matters? Just looking for some background. Sure. Yeah. So on March uh, 24th, Illinois Supreme Court came out and ruled that uh, Chicago's uh, recent pension reform, the the state enacted on on the city's behalf from a couple of years ago, uh, was unconstitutional based on um, the state of Illinois' constitution. The ruling itself was really uh, not that uh, unexpected. Uh, Last summer, you may recall, the state's own pension reform law uh, was struck down by the uh, Illinois uh, Supreme Court. But what the case did was sort of reinforce beliefs in, in the marketplace and um, uh, rules for policymakers that it's going to be extraordinarily hard to adjust any benefits that have been promised to public employees in Illinois, um, specifically Chicago. Uh, that's what the case addressed. But I think this case pretty much makes clear that, that any of public employee uh, retirement uh, funds in Illinois are going to be subject to the same pretty rigorous standard for uh, adjusting uh, pension benefits. All right. So with this ruling, does that mean that Chicago's pension plans are out of the woods or is there still stuff we need to watch for? Yeah, good question. Uh, Definitely, definitely not out of the woods. Um, So uh, what the reform had done was uh, Chicago has has several plans, a couple of different ones for uh, non-uniform uh, municipal employees, meaning not fire, not police. Um, and then they also have a police plan and a fire plan as well. And then, of course, the school district, which is uh, legally separate, they have their own uh, pension plan. Um, so we're just here, this case was in reference to uh, just the, the two plans covering uh, non-uniform employees. But um, what it's going to do is place these plans at risk of entering a runoff situation. So the the, there's no more money in the pension fund uh, to pay uh, beneficiaries. That would happen um, sometime um, within the next 10 years, probably closer to 10 years than not. So uh, that is the trajectory these plans are on. And the reason for that is uh, state statute requires uh, the city to pay uh, a portion of its payroll into the fund every year, but that that number, that portion of the payroll is is far below what an actuary would say they have to pay in order to capitalize the fund sufficiently to make it last uh, in perpetuity and, and beyond 10 years. And by striking down this reform law, big element of the reform was allowing the city to pump more money in. So the state rewrote that part of the statute on contributions, um, as well as reducing uh, benefits, um, which obviously flow out of, out of the fund. So uh, because the court struck down uh, the reform. We're now in this at, at risk of this uh, runoff situation. And um, while it might produce a little bit of cash flow space for the city, uh, it is uh, definitely a long-term uh, negative situation uh, for uh, policymakers there. All right. Well, we hear a lot of headlines about pension problems in different states. You know, what is it about Illinois that is different from other states? You mentioned a statute earlier. Is there anything specific to Illinois that we should know about? Yeah, so I think the market understands that Illinois, it's tough to get out of uh, promised benefits in Illinois. But what I think this case did, which is maybe not a, 
appreciated or interpreted, uh, I suppose, in, in some quarters uh, the same way uh, I interpret it, is it essentially said the benefit is a, is a guarantee. And um, that is uh, building on uh, an Arizona Supreme Court case from a couple of years ago where Arizona's uh, state Supreme Court interpreted that state's uh, constitutional protection for pension benefits as a guarantee. And the whole notion of a guarantee raises some interesting issues. So when a government like the state of Illinois or the city of Chicago, you know, enters into a contract and says, you know, we promise to pay you know, debt service on our bonds for the next 30 years, or we promise to pay these pension benefits um, when they're due, uh, there's always some, a, a backdrop, this underlying concept that, look, in the case of an emergency, okay, there's got to be a way to, you know, wiggle out of, of the contract. Now, it's, that's still hard to do, very hard to do. Um, otherwise, they, you know, if every recession you could just back out of a contract, these wouldn't really be binding obligations on the government. So it's a very high hurdle that you have to prove. But uh, this notion of a guarantee and the way the court's written uh, this case and then the previous case from last summer uh, regarding the state's reform plan is that it's sort of regardless of whether there's a financial emergency or not, these pension benefits must be paid. Um, and I think that sets a uh, an interesting uh, precedent in just the, the the national conversation about public pension benefits and where they lie in the capital structure. And every state is, is different, but this is at sort of the far end of just what you might think of when you're thinking of public finance norms and entering into long-term obligations. And um, that's why we did some writing about it, and the, the piece is on our website. Well, in that piece, you mentioned some of the things that could be done in the face of these guarantees. Can you just run through, you know, maybe a, a couple of those things for us now? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, we addressed some ideas. Uh, there's there's more out there. Uh, I've, I've seen uh, some that we didn't address that I've seen out there, um, you know, buyouts offering employees, you know, just a lump sum payment to uh, uh, in lieu of, of paying them. And uh, there's the, uh, the constitutional amendment uh, approach, which we do discuss. Uh, the benefit there is you pass a constitutional amendment clarifying that the uh, Illinois Constitution uh, protects only accrued benefits and not benefits that are accrued plus unearned benefits and it would change the definition possibly of what the guarantee means. One problem there is that it's quite possible that even if uh, state voters uh, change the Constitution to protect uh, themselves as taxpayers, uh, employees or retirees could could bring a case under the federal contracts clause to to fight that. Um, there's also not a lot of political support for uh, a constitutional amendment at this point. Chapter nine, obviously, uh, I don't think Chicago's insolvent. Uh, I don't think they would get into chapter nine uh, certainly uh, this year. But uh, if that were to happen down the road, the guarantee approach does create some hurdles even in that context. Um, uh, the Detroit case. Uh, suggests that a guarantee might actually survive um, a bankruptcy filing. Uh, so I think that the sort of the the best path forward, and it's possible, is engaging in negotiations with um, Chicago's uh, unions and testing the courts again to see if um, a negotiated solution through the collective bargaining process um, would withstand uh, scrutiny. There, there's some thinking that it could. I'm a little less certain uh, that that's true, but certainly going directly to each em employee one by one and entering into uh, a negotiation um, at an individual level 
uh, should be should be possible. But it, this is tough. I mean, it, that's that's what's interesting about the ruling. Interesting. Well, do these pension issues affect all of the different parts of Chicago's security structure, the parks, the public schools, the same way, or are we thinking about them differently? Yeah, so in terms of the, the city's capital structure and what would likely be insulated from, from this pension risk or not, as a general rule, we've seen in some of these other uh, bankruptcy situations, at least, that you know revenue bonds seem to perform a little better. Um, or a lot better in some cases than uh, than geo securities. So one would assume in Chicago's case that if if we were to get to a point uh, where uh, the pensions actually started to uh, affect uh, the city's sort of going concern viability from a financial standpoint, that the revenue credits might perform better. Uh, we should say you know that's not to advocate any buying or selling of any particular uh, securities, and but just as a general rule, I think that's what we've seen. All right. Well, thank you so much, Adam. As we mentioned, more detail can be found in the white paper that's currently on our website. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast and found it informative. Have a great day.